Well, again, thanks for being with us today. And, uh, you know, I put a lot in the relationships. So one of the hardest things for me uh, to do is one of the most important things for me and us to do, and that's relationships. If we wanted to sum the church up in a word of kind of where we're going, it's relationships. We want to have a great relationship with God. We want to have great relationships with one another. We even want to say sometimes well, I, we want to have a great relationship with ourselves. It's important to know ourselves, to know God. And then we want to have a relationship with a lost world that, that needs to know the love of Jesus. So everything we do, if it's going to last any length of time, it has to do with relationships. So anything that we do missionally like that as well. So I put a lot like the missions organizations, the ministries that we support as a church, it, it's, it's going to last longer if we build a relationship with them. So personally, I want to have a relationship. I want to know what God's doing in your life, what's happening, where's our money going, what's, what's, what's going on over there, what can we pray for here. And I like to go and help sometimes. Part of it is because I just like to travel, and part of it is because of relationship, right? You want to be with people that you care about and love. And, and you start investing in it, well, you want to be a part of that. So we, we kind of talked a little bit, and I think it's been the, the Michael and Lisa are coming up. I'm not going to use their last name so that we can put this online. They're going to keep everything kind of like that. Um, they're going to come up at this time and uh, prepare to share with us today. We think it was around early 2000 uh, when we met. I started taking groups to Israel, and uh, my wife and I would, would you know, drive people around in cars and vans, and you get to experience some of you been with me. It is a treat. It is thrilling. It is, isn't it? Yes. And so one of those times we met this, uh, you know, American gal in Nazareth Village in the city of Nazareth. And she gave us a tour of this, this amazing spot that you go to to see what it was like um, living in the time of Jesus. Just, it was, it's an amazing thing. It was just one of the, the really cool things that happened. At the same time, one of the cool relationship things that happened, I remember through email uh, talking to Michael and Lisa, and because of Michael's occupation, um, it connected, if some of you remember, Diana Nelson to a ministry in, uh, in Israel. And at that point, after a couple trips, she started going to Israel more than just me and Heidi and teams going to Israel. She now goes and has for years to Israel for like three months at a time. She's there right now serving. And part of our missions money goes to her to be able to do that as well. And so this relationship that's been around for close to 17 years has grown. Even sometimes we can all experience this when we don't connect. Like there's been times when we didn't do ministry with these guys, and it's been all types of ministry. Uh, some of you know what Good News Club is here in Oregon, you know, for the kids. We did a camp. No lie, it's exactly the same Good News Club to Arab kids in Nazareth. It was just awesome. I got saved in a Good News Club. So it was a crazy, great, beautiful experience. Um, and so we didn't do ministry for a few years together at all. I don't even know if I saw them in that time. And then all of a sudden, uh, through some, some experiences, through talking, Nick and Dana, one of our elders and his wife, went to Jordan um, with them and did ministry work with them that we're going to hear about today. And then we start, you know, talking more about what would it look like to help with this, this, this crisis, this tragedy 
that is going on over there, and you see it in the news all the time now. How can we help Syrian refugees and children? Just amazing things going on. But we're so disconnected. We just see like UN camps and whatever the politicians are telling us. Well, we want to be a part of God-loving people um, in the Middle East, and, and that's become a part. And a lot of it is, the, the truth is, some of it, folks, is what, what compels one of your pastors, um, I force upon you. <laughs> but um, it has turned into some beautiful things. This relationship has, is, but I, I believe even more will turn into even more beautiful yeah. things. Yeah. You know why? Because I want you to have a relationship with them, but even more the people that this tragedy is impacting. The same year that we started Journey, I think it was 2011, is when the war started, and suddenly massive amounts of people, they're going to tell you about that today, have been displaced and killed and hurt impacted families and children. It's just incredible. And so um, we want to hear about that today. How can we do even more? What does it mean for Journey to be a part of this? And I want all of us to begin a relationship with what God is doing there, but I want it to impact us here. And so I'm going to pray again and, and turn it over to give Michael and Lisa a bunch of time to talk to us, and then I'll come back up. We'll pray again, have some communion together, and, and head out. And Father, today, we do not just want information. The truth is we want transformation. So I pray that you will impact our hearts today. But do it specifically, God. Do it as a church. Give us some direction, vision for this. Um, and thank you because we've already been giving financially, but we don't want it just to be about money either. We want it to impact our hearts. Um, and so... Again, we don't want just information, but transformation from you, God. We want it to be from you because we want the gospel, the good news of you, Jesus, to not just be confined to this area, but we want to be a part of it going in to uh, areas around the world. And so thank you. And Lord, I want to pray for Michael and Lisa. Thank you for them. Thank you for the work they're doing. They, they travel around the world to share your love, your gospel, your good news. And, um, but then there's also people kind of underground, in the land, in Jordan right now specifically, that are doing your work in amazing ways, God. Be with them, bless them, provide for them, and protect them. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 It's good to have you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Shalom. Marhaba. Yeah. And a few other languages. We sometimes wake up and we don't even know where we are. <laughs> this morning we woke up at yep. Nick and Dana's. Yeah. So, uh, quick background for us, Michael and Lisa. I almost did the last name. It's this. Uh, this uh, is going to be like super secret agent stuff today, and so I'm going to do our best. They have editing capabilities. Hopefully, I won't throw out names. But what we do is, and what we ask you to do is just to keep this. Uh, underground and we can't get names and, and uh, things out because we deal with a situation in the Middle East where people are uh, completely can lose their lives. And talk about counting the cost. The people we're going to show you, they count a cost that, that we can't even imagine. Um, to back up real quick, 
uh, at least I came to faith at like birth. And, <laughs> and, and, and for me, at, at the young age of uh, 22, and, but by that time I was already drug addict and a alcoholic, and in fact the cops were setting up sting operations to catch me in my, because I was dealing and such. So anyway, totally different backgrounds. And uh, after that, we eventually ended up in Leavenworth, Washington, working in a group home for boys. And then God gave us the calling to go to Israel. And we ended up there in 1999. At that age, or I was the age of 40 in 99. And so I just say that only to encourage if anybody's thinking like, okay, I'm feeling drawn to do ministry. Am I too old? Do I have to go and do missiology or something in somewhere? Maybe, maybe not. You can just go and serve. And so... What we're hoping is that we can get a bunch of you that have a calling or, or a desire to go and serve uh, doing that in Israel and in Jordan. So there's lots and lots of opportunities. So uh, we're going to hopefully through all this, we'll encourage you to um, uh, be, it'll be a way to encourage you to do that. At the end, we're going to talk about this again. We're going to have you, if you're interested in getting updates from us from what's going on in Jordan, um, We'll have you write down your name and your email address and in big letters, Jordan across the bottom, and someone will then forward on our um, uh, emails and updates to you. Because again, we can't get, but just a warning up front, it can't get posted uh, on media whatsoever. Uh, it's just someone off the web just cannot click and see what's going on because we can endanger people. So, so today we are here as messengers. So we're going to bring a message to you, but more than that, I believe what we've, what's on our heart is to bring s stories to you, stories from very hurt and broken people to some very hurt and broken people because we know that many of you have suffered and are suffering and going through very difficult times. But that's, that's a good thing in the body because that's a big part of our growth, right? Um, and you'll have the compassion and the empathy um, you know, to understand, you know, the hurting that we're going to convey in some of the stories. It's not all about hurting, though, because God is restoring lives. And if it wasn't for the Syrian war and this world, it's become a worldwide tragedy in many ways. It's impacted so many areas of the world. If it wasn't for this horrible thing that's been going on for over six years now, then many of these people we're sharing with you wouldn't come to, wouldn't have come to faith or wouldn't be seeking the Lord right now. And we know that eternity is a whole lot better, you know, to live with the Lord than a time of um, pain and agony here on this earth. And um, so we'll share some of these stories in a very personal way, because these people are very, very personal friends of ours now. Okay. okay. We're so gonna show with pictures and such. So we've been in Israel, Middle East since 99, uh, full time, and, We've been able to, Israel is 80% Jewish, 20% Muslim, uh, Arab, but 90% 90 of that is Muslim. So, and so, but, and we've done uh, Jewish and Arab ministry both over the years, pretty much about 50, 50% there with both people groups, but we've never seen anything in Israel because in Israel it's a, it's a, a fairly somewhat wealthy nation and, and, and it's prosperous and, and everybody, uh, it's like in the States, if you want to be prosperous, you can. You just got to work a little bit harder or be in the right situation. So it's possible there. So people aren't so hungry. Israel's completely unreached, 
0.2% of the population are believers, okay? So two-tenths of 1%. Okay, so highly unreached, as much as all the countries surrounding it, okay? Amazing but, when you think yeah. that's where Jesus came, right? And that's where yeah. our whole Bible, yeah. you know, came, roots of it came yeah. from. Mm -hmm. So again, um, but to be involved with what's going on in Jordan, uh, there's who knows, a million and a half or so refugees in just in Jordan as well as the other countries. And three quarters of those are not in camps. You may see UN camps, pictures of such. Three quarters are not in the camps. They're just floating around the country. So, but over this six year war, um, um, the opportunity to share the gospel with Muslims has just gone through the roof. And, and then they're, they're mad at their people group, they're mad at their religion and mad at one another, and they're just searching, hoping, um, uh, or, or looking for hope, because they have no hope at this point in time. Um, with the, being in, in Jordan, when they come across the border, uh, the border to Jordan, they are, have no hope of work. You, it's illegal to work. So I don't, we can't even figure out how some of these people stay alive. And so they're, but they're wide open and they're hungry. And so that's, we have this opportunity. Like I've never seen anything before in all these years in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So it's, an, it's a time to strike. It's a time to, to share. Always it's a time to strike and share the gospel, right? And to help people. So this, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say, the door is wide open right now. Where we, like Mike had started to say, in Israel, among reaching to the Muslim and Arab population is more difficult actually because they have freedom of religion there in Israel. I mean, contrary to maybe what many of you have heard and read and seen in the news, Israel is not persecuting its own Arab population. In fact, they flourish and they're very wealthy and very educated and such. But in the other parts of the Middle East where persecution and tensions and things arise, um, you know, if, if a Muslim considers faith in Yeshua, Jesus in Arabic is his name, Yeshua, then um, it creates a whole world of issues and problems and trials and tribulations for them. And so here we are year, in, year after year after year working predominantly um, as of late in the Arab population. Originally we had done a lot of Jewish ministry, but, um, and seeing so few, you know, people come to faith or even interest, even like, aren't you even interested? <laughs> Don't you know who he is? and um, they're going about their business. Suddenly this war emerges in, um, in Syria and it opens up like a Pandora's box of craziness, but um, in the midst of that is an amazing openness to know Yeshua and who he is, like Mike had just explained, you know, all the elements that lead to that. So I think we have some okay. pictures. Okay, real quick, mm -hmm. as far as we've been going over uh, there, We've been going over there uh, for the last three years. And we, like last year, we went uh, in 2016 seven times, took 22 volunteers. The year before, I think it was like 10 times. And so we go over for like a week, 10 days at a time, and we're easily able to cross the border and go back and forth. And one of our goals, our hearts, for all these years in Israel was to be able to bring the believers, Jewish and Arab, of which we're connected to highly there because we all know one another. There's so few of us. 
and to drag him with us over there to do ministry. And it's been a it's been just a blast to be able to do that. And it's ongoing, and that's our heart, is just to get them involved and get, and get them over there. So the Jewish people, when they go over there, they're, it's more low-key, very, not so often, but every once in a while they will actually share, like sitting across from a Syrian, you know, hey, I'm Jewish. And there's the person that faith, the jaw goes to the floor. And Israeli. <laughs> yeah, and I'm an Israeli, and they're just, but... They're, sh they're, again, as via the Holy Spirit, this only gets revealed, and but it's an amazing opportunity when And when they when say that, that they believe in Jesus, it's a whole, like, whoa. And Jewish, Israeli, that believes in Jewish, what is this? And they listen, and they want to hear. It's a great thing. Yeah. Okay. So basically, there's we work with a Jordanian church, a young uh, pastor there, and, and his wife and, and his congregation, about 80 people. And uh, one-third are Muslim background believers, okay? So people that were formerly Muslims and, and now they call themselves believers in Yeshua. And so we work with them and, uh, and they go out about 80 people or so, 30 people from this congregation weekly go out and do outreach. That's a huge portion of the population. So they're very active church. In fact, they even cut back one service just so they can make sure everybody had time to go serve. So it's a really exciting thing, and, and, uh, and okay, so what we do is we, where there's two villages, there's about four villages that we serve. Oh, I got to make sure. So all the work while we're not there is all happening. They're still carrying on, carrying on. We just go and support. Yeah, we have a really amazing team there on yeah. the ground in Jordan, yeah. Jordanian believers. And, and so they'll go out there specific couple times a week, but when we show up, they just say, they tell everybody, okay, uh, Michael and Lisa here, they've got our team, and we're going to go out all these extra days. And so this is what we do. We, there's two main villages and that we're, if we can go back real quick. And so if you could see real near this one village that we go to, this is the intersection that we come across, and we can, you know, which direction do you want to go? So this is the hot spot in the Middle East, okay? So Most of the refugees are living in remote small villages in the east of Jordan and the north of Jordan. And um, like Mike said, um, only out of a million point, what is it now, a million point three refugees in yeah. Jordan, um, only about two, three hundred thousand are in refugee camps. So that's a whole lot, hundreds of thousands that are living in these little villages, totally unreached not getting any help in any way. Um, so, I mean, we're trying to figure out, like Mike said, we, they do a little farming and things like that and picking and whatever they can do to just feed their families. And so this, one of those villages that we started working in with our team from Jordan, um, this is actually um, the third building that they ended up in. We started a school because one day we were sitting with the home, in a home of one of these families, refugee families, and we do as we usually do. We kind of evaluate their situation and we ask, so what is it that you feel you need or your family needs right now? How can we help you? And this young father, little children, said, you know, we thought he'd say we need food, we need help with rent, medical, all the things we usually hear. And he said, my children need school. They've been out of school. This, at this point, it was four years. They'd, actually, most of them had never been in school. And... Um, and we just kind of looked there and went, swallowed. I don't know if we can help with that, but, you know. Um, and, but the young pastor we're with said, well, 
you know, if we could find a building, maybe we can help you start something. Well, we, we went well the pastor had actually been looking for a building in this village for a, almost a year. For a ministry center, uh, like yeah. uh, to have and, worship meetings and, and stuff. And hadn't been able to find anything that was cheap enough and, yeah. and good enough. And so, yeah, yeah, so this father said. At this point, there was only one family that we knew that were believers in this village, and they were from a Druze background, if any of you know who the Druze people are. They're not Muslims, but they're Arab. Um, they have a secret religion. Um, anyway, and so this, so we left this home, and the father um, called the next morning. So the guy we work with expressed, yeah. well, we'd love to have a building of some type, and the father said, I'll find you one. And the he very did. next morning, <laughs> 7 o'clock in the morning, the pastor gets a call, and the guy says, I found the building, come. We went back unscheduled that day, yeah. and... Uh, and a little nervous because we didn't have money to rent a building. <laughs> yeah, and this was we were a just Syrian, barely feeding people at this point. It was you know? a Syrian refugee that <laughs> found the building for us, and they move from house to house because they run out of money, and then they'll yeah. they'll sorry landlord, then they'll try another one, and sorry landlord, and keep moving around. So he knows all the all the landlords in town. So <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. and and most of them are Druze. And so this, so we ended up um, going and looking at the place. And it was um, around $300 a month. And we're all just kind of looking at each other. And we're like, oh, you know. So I, I, kn I knew he w the, the landlord wanted at least a three-month lease. And I knew what I had brought over as gifts. And the gifts, the financial gifts that had were sent in that trip came all from Israel, from believers, Jewish and Arab believers in Israel. And I just, you know, we just started praying. And I told the pastor, you know, I have these funds. They didn't tell me how to use them. They just really wanted to help you know, with the refugees over there in some way, what if we use these, the funds I have, almost exactly enough for that three months first rent? And we, and the pastor, he's just like this go-getter, you know, nothing really holds him back. He said, okay. I'm like, okay, it's done. <laughs> you know, but when we go, we start with three months, a three-month lease, and now it's um, been how many yeah. years? Two yeah. years. Yeah. At this, with this school has been open, and we only had one person that could go three days a week to start with to teach. Muslim background um, from believer. A, a Muslim background believer, a, a young man, and um, he did it faithfully. He lived in this very remote village, and he taught these children. And then the local Druze children started saying. We, you know, we want something too. What can you do for our children? <laughs> and so we started having after-school meetings and, and weekend meetings, and um, now they're full-out Bible studies and worship times with these Druze youth. And up, up to 200. Um, yeah, 200 Druze youth, and we have about 130, 140 Syrian children every day at that school, and it's now functioning as a normal school. From that first building, we end up moving kind of around the corner, and then. That one was just temporary. We're now in this building, and the Lord is somehow financing this one. It's up and going. Um, there's they, some of those they sweet serve, faces. They, they serve breakfast to the kids. They and uh, and now the school has been populated yeah. by teachers from the area and and local uh, Well, okay, so there's about 11 staff there not all paid positions by any stretch of the means, and actually for the staff, including the principal, have come to faith, okay? And so they're locals then yeah. and yeah. from and, the Druze background. Like I said, parents come and just help because they have nothing else to do anyway. And, and Syria, for all of its huge problems and, you know, dictator and all these things they've had, they were educated. I mean, it, it had a really high percentage, 90-some percent of their population were educated. Yeah. That's high in the Middle East, even girls. Yeah. That's high. 
And so they were not used to their kids being suddenly out of school and such, even if they were poor peasant farmers. And so you're going to see as we move through these pictures, you're going to see some of the same kids both at the school and in their, and in their homes because what happened is as the Lord grew this thing, we had all their parents now asking, can you come out and visit us? And they especially wanted visits from foreigners because can you imagine you're out in the desert and most of them are living now in like tent type structures and they're not Bedouin background Arabs. So they don't know how to live in tents, but they're living in tents. The winter is extremely severe in that area. They get snow, they get frost, it's cold in the summer, it's just dust and heat. And it's, it's miserable. And, um, but they're asking, you know, can you send, can you come out and, you know, the local Jordanian Christians, can you come out and bring some of your friends? And so we started bringing teams over from Israel, from the U.S., and going out and visiting these people. And they would just sit there and pour out their hearts and their story. And it was somehow a, a very healing process for them just to share and you, uh, to hear their stories, you know, of most of them, their homes are totally gone, blown up, blasted, and they barely got out of them. They didn't cross the border into Jordan because they wanted to be in Jordan. They fled. They fled with nothing. And old grandmas and little babies and carrying what they could across the deserts these, into Jordan. These are not the refugees that you see in the news that have gone into Europe and such because those people had a little bit of a money, little bit of money to pay for transportation, even if it's on these horrific rafts yeah. and such. And, and But these are people that just had enough to walk across the border. Yeah, so the, the stories are really kind of crazy, but it just seems to bring comfort to them. But also the other thing that kept happening is they kept asking us about what we believed, and specifically, who is Yeshua? Who is this man you believe in? Um, they also know that Christians in their country and other countries in the Middle East suffer persecution in the name of Yeshua. And so they were quite you know, curious why, who, you know, why we loved them so much, why we cared, why we came so far, why we were feeding them, housing them, helping with medical, when their own people throughout the whole Middle East were not doing anything. Okay, now we're going to be talking about two schools. This is the first one. The second one is the one that your church is uh, directly involved with. So, but you'll get an idea of the, it's newer. We don't have as many slides and such of activities and whatever, but this is an idea of what's going on. That one's more central in a city. This one has got, uh, reaches a lot of rural Rural We're out in the desert. Kids yeah. and such that are out many uh, five, ten kilometers away. So there's uh, like three vans that gather everybody, 140, 130 kids. And uh, this van had, the typical size van had, I think we counted uh, like 45 kids getting into it. I've got it on video. The kids coming in, it looks like, you know, they growing up with three stooges or wherever you see everybody go in one door and they exit out another door. <laughs> Or, I don't even think it was illegal there. Or the clowns <laughs> climbing into a VW, whatever it was. Um, anyway. And we'd love to be sharing their names and everything with you, really, but we just no. need to okay. not. So with very okay. few exceptions. So the – and we've, we were in this village before the school got started and the, and the church was. When I say we, I'm talking about them because we just come alongside. But we're connected. And – so, but we had plenty of people to visit, but now this church, we've got even more people and the kids are on a roster and, 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 and the parents are alerted and like, do you want us to come visit you? All of them say yes. So now we've got another, you know, at least another hundred families to, uh, to go minister to. And that's happening 
There's the people we work with every weekend. They go there and they take 15 people spread out in three different groups or more and just start checking off names and visiting families and, and just loving on them. What's your needs? What, you know, medical, physical, um, um, uh, um, you know, do you need blankets? Do you need heaters? Do you need, what is it? And, uh, and then also, uh, we'd like to pray for you and we can openly pray with them. They're wide open to that. Maybe in all this time, I think in two instances where we haven't been able to pray in a home and we're openly praying in the name of Yeshua. And so, but this, so we go out because of the families or because the kids in school, we have the homes to visit. And this is an example of, of the homes they are they're out in this rural part. They're either tents or very simple um, cement buildings. Can you imagine having an invitation into over a hundred Muslim homes to sit and just, you know, actually pray together and share? It's it, not it's, trickery. We just we they know we're believers. They, they're inviting us and and the, and the local Jordanian believers. And I sometimes I just pinch myself. I can't even believe it's true because it's hard to even engage Muslims just like in public arenas, but to have, have that privacy in the home where they feel safe. And they will gather their neighbors even in. When we start talking about Jesus, they'll bring people in to hear. You've got to hear this. you got to, you know, can you repeat that? Can you repeat that? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, these are, <laughs> Do you understand yeah. how crazy this is? <laughs> yeah. These are yeah. the people that are educating our kids when they haven't had education for four, five, six years. Yeah, they're trusting us. It's so. really quite amazing. Beautiful, beautiful oh, children. I'm sorry. Beautiful if we can people. back up real quick. I want you to notice, too, some of their eyes. Look at this. These are these. Their eyes are blue and green and grays because the the, uh, the Syrian uh, people are descendants of the Assyrians, most of them. And although they might have some Arab blood mixed into them, they, they it's hard to tell them sometimes apart from other European or even American children. Yeah, and there's many Muslims in the Middle East that were formerly from christian backgrounds yeah. or non-muslim backgrounds but just became muslims because yeah. they were forced to because of that the muslims in, Sy in syria actually they have churches you know kind of ancient churches all over that area and so they see jesus on the cross and they see you know pictures of mary with the baby and all these things because they're usually the assyrian church is quite traditional church but we've gotten interesting questions just based on that like one man asked us so why did jesus had to die on the cross how did you even know he died on the cross? We, go, well, we see pictures. We see we see statues. We see, you know, and and why did he have to rise again? You know, what's this all about? The very intense, very di difficult questions, really, to answer, especially when you're talking to people that don't understand blood redemption, right? So, okay. So we have now, to explain so, it. <laughs> and so, why are we in this tent? Because of this little girl. And next slide, and and because she goes to the school. Okay. And then we can another slide here. Um, Okay, this is Lisa saying goodbye to them. Okay, next. And and then again, why are we in this home? Because of this little girl. And next slide. Okay, and there she is. So it's, it's cute. Yeah. And so again, we're gonna be talking about your church, you know, that that's there in another village. And and it's because of the schools, and that's what you're are supporting. We'll talk to you more about that. Do you see what they're doing? They're this. We had just a, a team of young adults, kind of three young um, girls in between high school and college, came and worked with us for four months last year, and so we took many trips over and we did little crafts and things. They and most of them have never played with play-doh, but the whole thing was um, 
somehow art just stirs something really deep in people, and even Play-Doh art, you know, for children. And it just got them playing and talking and chatting, and our Jordanian um, co-workers were able to really engage these children. You know, did you have flowers at your house back in Syria? You know, what was your home like? Did you have animals and these type of things? And you know, most of these children, once they fled Syria, they never talked about this stuff again because everything hits a very painful place. And so you can imagine, you know, just the, to bring this up and do this kind of um, a therapy in a way, but it was very sweet. Yeah. One more quick story. These three brothers are all in this school and we met them because, next slide, and because they see that they're shoeless, and, and uh, when the people we work with, um, the first time they were visited, we weren't on that trip, and. I was gonna say, they do have little shoes here because yeah. Michael this, explained why they have oh. shoes down on the ground. Okay, well, this was, <laughs> this was after the fact, but, they, yeah. but they're used to walking around without shoes <laughs> and such, but so the, the people we're working with said, hey, so we got this school over here. Your boys should be coming. Oh, they can't make it. Why? They don't have any shoes. And so we can't afford shoes. And so, so the, the father guy, couldn't walk them the two kilometers to the school. So the guy we're working with took a piece of paper, traced out their feet on the paper, and then took it, found some shoes, brought them all back. And so, and now the boys are going to the school. So it's it just all these amazing stories. What? One of these boys, Nick and Dana remembered this, had a lump on his throat. Um, and um, so we had a medical team come a few months after this, this picture was taken, and um, evaluate him and get him some care. And it, we find that people, you know, if you have no medical available to you, you just continue with the ailment you have. You never go get checked, you never get any help or relief from it. One little boy in a home we were at had a rib that was so swollen and infected and, and sticking out. And we asked the mom, I mean, he must have been like three. We said, how long has he had that? And they said, oh, you know, about a year and a half ago, he fell on a sidewalk. And, you know, we there's nothing we can do about it. And so we got him to medical care. Uh, these kind of things. The other thing is anxiety. People suffer from a massive amounts of anxiety. So diabetes and many other things you know, um, high blood pressure and things like that are very common. They're causing many other problems too for them. One yeah. thing you can see the boys all over me, that's because we even as often as we go, um, uh, which is about once a month when we're in Israel because we also work in DR Congo. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, but we, what I really like about this ministry, there's follow-up. We just don't go and pray with someone and, and say, see you later. It's again and again. And, uh, and there's discipleship, and there's now um, seven home churches in this village that are going 10 to 15 people in each. Yeah. So yeah, hallelujah. That's exciting. And, uh, <laughs> and some of them are from the Druze people that yeah. live in this village, and, and some are from the, Syrians. from the Syrians. Some are just seekers, you know, okay. still just walking them through, and some have come to faith. And boy, the cost that they count, you can't even envision. We need to kind of clip through here. Yeah. Just, you know. But a out. lot of what we do is, is work with other, bring in, everyone's <laughs> connecting. and Staple. And, uh, and so we found an organization, okay. and we, again, the people we work with, um, found an a, uh, organization that, that grows food in such a way, packaged up some veggies here, and then everybody got some cabbage. Just a truck dropped, you know, stopped. <laughs> so we're just trying to meet physical, emotional, spiritual needs yeah. there. Okay, next. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, so that. This is you guys. Yeah. So that school in village 
in the east. Um, it, you know, it was so exciting and how the Lord is still continuing things that one of the other villages we started working with in the north central area, um, again, a remote village, they, they, we had an actual caseworker, like social worker from Jordan, ask us through a connection if we could come into the village and help. Um, visit people and see the needs and if our organization, I don't think you realized how, you know, how little our, really our organization was, but um, I think he thought, oh, American-backed big organization, you know, lots of money. <laughs> but anyway, so we came, um, you know, to the village with this invite. He took us into a bunch of homes and he said, we hear that you have started a school in this other village can you start one in ours? <laughs> and we're like, wait, we're barely keeping that one going. <laughs> you know. And um, but they prodded, he prodded, all these families we met kept prodding. And um, it was right about that time. Uh, Nick and Dana, you were there with us. And after they returned and we had to make these big decisions, um, we got an email from your church, from Ron, saying that we really would like to, you know, after hearing the report from Nick and Dana, we'd really like to come beside us and the, the team in Jordan and help in some way. And this is what we can send. And, you know, we, it was right at the time when we were praying about starting this new school slash outreach center in this village. And so it was the exact amount that you were sending that was needed for the rent and utilities and stuff on this building. And so that is what you began. Did you know that? <laughs> it's exciting. And it's, um, we can say so little on email. We can say so little. We say nothing on social media but for obvious reasons. But we want you to know that now this school is up and going. And, Mike, you have the statistics on that, on the school. Oh, well, there's, again, another 130 or so, 120, 130 kids going. Um, uh, and they just are... Um, took over the upstairs as well so they can expand because it's yeah. just it's just blowing out yeah so it's really good we have youth in the afternoons that want um, to come and get caught up and stuff yeah. like this so, so again yeah. we're in when we go there's school and then we go up there and we're in all the homes of the people now this interesting thing about this village which i can't say the name um uh, <laughs> but it's actually was a can I say even that? The, there was a the, Christian the village yeah. way, way, way back in the day. Many and of the ancient names, you could, we could say this. Yeah. Many of the ancient names of the villages in this area are Christian names. Yeah. Because the Byzantine church was very active in this region. Um, in fact, if you go back further, the, the early Jewish believers were active in this region. Remember where Paul was, or Saul was sent to Damascus, right? In Syria. And so that region all the way down through this area of Jordan had Jewish, early Jewish believers. Later it turned into more the Byzantine movement, and they had churches all over. This, church, this village is named after a church. I, yeah. I don't remember exactly but, for sure, but I think somewhere in around 80,000 people in this area. Mm -hmm. In that area, there are 10 Christian, it's traditional Christian families. Mm -hmm. In fact, once everybody, we got working there, and then other people that we'd meet, and we're obviously Christians. Even the Jordanians that work with us, they're obviously Christians. Um, uh, everybody knows the new guy in town. If you, As soon as you drive in, they know. Well, it's an ethnic group yeah. as much as it is a religion there. It's your culture. So, but yeah. everybody, all the locals started saying, hey, you know, there's some of you still in this village. And they came to find 10, and they just a couple weeks ago started to gather in your building. 
okay? And the first service and then, but it actually after the first service, one couple got tracked down by, this, by the intelligence and they've been grilled and now they didn't come to the second service, which they had to stop meeting in this church because they couldn't afford in the, the mm -hmm. in the school, they couldn't afford the connection made. So now they're meeting in homes. That's good. That's how they did it yeah. in the early days. But they and bounce from home to yeah. home to keep, you know, under the radar, so to yeah. speak, and it's growing the amount of people coming in. They'll probably be splitting in few groups yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's very encouraged next. Yeah. And, and again, this is when we go and when we show up with volunteers, we focus on the English as much as possible. They're just learning some dialogue. And you can see the girl's face. The girl in the middle, oh. yeah, she's actually one of the daughters of the believer, of one of the elders in the church in Amman, Jordan, that we work with. Um, they take their youth out. In fact, their youth don't have youth group. Their youth group is going out to evangelize and to serve. And yeah, they're and like, we want youth group. We want youth group. And he said, well, let's do it on right. the way to an hour and a half drive out here. <laughs> and we're going to serve. So anyway, so you see this, these two girls having fun. And next slide. And it's just cracking up, having a, having a blast there. Anyway, this is what we do in just dialogue. And then what the fun thing is, then we'll go out and we'll visit the families and we recognize the kids. And it's fun to walk into the home, hey, how you doing? And, and it just totally breaks down the wall and then the parents are like, oh, you know all these people besides the leaders, you've met some of these American folks. And anyway, it just kind of lowers the walls and, and, and then we can even share even more. Okay, next. So yeah, and just we need to clip yeah, these. there's th in this in your school at th and before they took the top there's three classrooms that's one classroom next slide and there's another one we'll call this village D okay <laughs> and uh, and this one as well yeah. so a group of youth in America sent packages at um, Christmas time actually yeah. just to share with these children and to um, Okay, next. Bring, give them things they needed, actually very practical, toothbrushes and washcloths and, you know, soap, kind of like a Samaritan's Purse type thing. Okay. This family is... Um, Real quick before this, so your church sends monthly 400 a month, and that helps support this uh, school that you just saw. And it's, are we underfunded? Yes. Okay, so it, I don't know how it could be too much, but this 400 is amazing, and we bless you and thank you for yeah. that. Those of you that knew already and those that you didn't, you know, good job. Thank yeah, you very thank much. You, thank you. On, on behalf this, of these families and children, thank you. That school generates yeah. all the outreach we could ever. We don't have enough time to, yeah. to do that much outreach. So we couldn't bring like enough to, people. Now we'd like to ask you to come, <laughs> if you can. Um, obviously, you're already giving. Give if you can, because... It's still a walk of faith, but the other thing is pray. Now you see some faces, you know the some of the stories um, of that particular community and school. There's tens of thousands of Syrian refugees in that village. Now we also reach out often to Iraqi refugees too, because that's a still ongoing problem in Jordan. But in those two villages, we're very specific to the refugee right crisis, the refugee crisis in Syria. Uber quick version. This family is from Damascus, but um, we've gotten very, very close to them. They are what I would call seekers, not yet believers. So please pray for them. I wish I could give you names, but I can't. But um, they just had a, a baby, but they've been under such attack. I can't even, you can, I begin to tell you the stories. Father was hit by a motorcycle, stepping off a bus, almost killed. The mother um, gave birth to the baby. The baby was born with a huge lump on its thyroid. Um, the Lord, we're praying, the Lord is healing, and it's going down in size. Um, 
the mother almost died when I walked into a hospital room one night after the dad called and said, Lisa, can you get down here? It's November. Um, in, in November, the wife had just had an emergency operation for um, her gallbladder. It had basically like just almost, I don't know, technically the term, but kind of exploded and poison was all through her body. And um, she survived that, which is amazing. Then her foot got infected and they wanted to take part of her foot off. Uh, it's just the stories go on and on. I mean, she's 27 years old, if you can imagine. Um, but through all these things, through just faithfully helping them month after month and others sharing with them and loving on them month after month, they are very open to the Lord. So, yeah. So, anyway, just... Okay, one more. And just so you know, to encourage you at the fact that... that uh, are we back at this? Is there another? No, no. That's oh, the, that, and so this family uh, with a uh, Egyptian missionary who's been in Jordan for 30 years with his wife, an American, and they met in Tennessee at a Bible college. And uh, anyway, but they, are, they know this couple as well, and so we do like a tag team thing, or, and or we get together for meals and with them, and so he is, and they have a heart for this family as well, and so they've, he's been able to share a few times just with the dad, uh, him separately, and this photo's from March, and, um, and actually last week, this guy went to the church that we work with in Amman, and uh, he might have gone there to, just to pick up money that is sent. But he came early knowing he, he'd yeah. be stepping into the church. Yeah, he came yeah. early enough, like two hours to sit for the service and whatever, and and and, uh, and sat there and then was had an hour and a half conversation with our friends, okay. with our friend afterwards. Yeah, the service, so. they were closing up the book of Revelation they had walked through, and they were talking about the Lamb's Book of Life. He'd never heard that before, that there was such a thing. Yeah. And so our friend got to share very openly with them, and they're pursuing that now. So pray That's for right. them. Um, this Now, we don't always promote refugees coming to America or Europe because it's a, it's a rough clash of cultures, and it's difficult. And to be honest, most of the refugees we've worked with do not want to leave the, um, the um, home. They want to go back to Syria, if possible. But this family can never go back to Syria, as far as we know, as long as the current regime is in power because they were, would have been considered on that side of the Syrian conflict and because they fled out their traitors. And so they have nowhere to go. We'd really love to find a fam, um, host church family, something to, um, to invite them and um, uh, we say sponsor them. That's kind of what it takes these days. So if anybody knows of such a thing, let us know. There's, there's few others, especially those that have come to faith. But we also know many that have come to faith need to go back to Syria. And even though they may face persecution, that's how the church is going to really grow and people are going to come to know the Lord. So this is kind of our the few stories that we could convey in this time period. Okay. Um, with many others, that was, we, again, when we send out an email, it has to be very, okay. very brief. So read between the lines. Okay. This, these two girls are, um, this one we led to the Lord and discipled for many years. She led her roommate to the Lord, and these two, and this is in Israel. These are they're from Nazareth, and this is just an example. Part of our work now is just follow up with those that we had discipled, you know, shared with disciples, and so on. And now our heart is to get the young Israeli Jewish and Arab believers out to the nations. Israel's called to be a light, right, to the world, 
Okay, well, we even tell the Arab believers there, listen, you are Israeli citizens, and so, you know, you're grafted in and, and adopted, and so you're to go be a light, too. And so we've been providing opportunity. They can go to Jordan with us, and that's a wonderful opportunity for Arabs because of the language, the Arab believers. But these two girls are going to go with us to Congo because we also are serving in Congo with a, a refugee community that we're helping to restore in eastern Congo. And so these girls are going to be going with us on that outreach. So pray for them too. Their their names, I, you know, I can share. Heba and Mona. Heba and uh -huh. Mona. Heba and Mona. Twenty-two. Yeah, uh -huh, twenty. Yeah, about twenty-two. Just finishing college, and this is a big stretch for them to leave their community to go. But they really feel the Lord's asking them to do this. So anyway, that's part of our story and Again, journey and the people. Yeah. Reminder: If you can, if you want to get this on a regular basis and, and understand what's going on. And again, that's, you know, your school. Okay. So, and and uh, and then look for opportunities for the ch your church going and serving over there and, and, and come along. You're welcome. Yeah. It's as long as safety. Oh, no, Israel, Jordan. If they let you on the plane, it's safe. <laughs> if you okay. get off the plane, it's going to be okay. If <laughs> someone does not let you board, and we're kind of kidding, but not. We've been there 18 years. We've seen people not come because, oh, it's not safe, or my family said not safe, or the U.S. government's issued a warning. Ignore all that. Don't ignore God, okay? But if their message is from God, then you've got to deal with it. But but go, go. It's not it's not as unsafe as you might think. I don't know about that part of it, the, the plane part. You can get on. Give him a hand, will you guys? Thanks. Everybody stand, will you? We're going to take communion in just a moment, but um, thanks, you guys, for sharing with us today. And I think uh, since it's our school, we should name it Journey School or something yeah. like that, right? Or <laughs> I mean in Arabic or something like that, but that would be awesome. Uh, let me pray for you guys, and, uh, and then uh, if you want to talk to them afterwards, they're going to be available a little bit. Nick and Dana have gone, one of our elders. He's down here um, in the front, purple shirt. Grab him as well. Remember, there's prayer during communion. We want to take a moment before we leave today and just honor Christ and, and what he's doing over there, but what he wants to do in us here as well. And so, Father, thank you so much for Michael and Lisa and the work that's going on. God, you are bigger and greater than any tragedy, any war. And uh, we pray that you will get into the hearts of all these people so that they can know your love and greatness as well. And uh, thank you for this church right here. We join many others. God, we are just one of many that are giving and going and praying. And may that continue and expand. And may we take great steps to go through any open door that you give us, whatever that looks like, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.